Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I am great. I'm in a great mood to see your face. Are you? Are to you? see my yeah. face? I am. Yes. I feel like I haven't seen it in a minute. Wow. I don't, I'm not sure anyone's ever said that to me before. <gasps> wow. Well, that's what, that's yeah, what I'm no here ever, for. No one ever says they want to see my face. It's always my butt. Come on. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, mean you know, come on. Yeah, but you got to pay extra for that. And I'm you not, do. I'm not subscribed. Uh, yeah, you're right. A lot extra for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've been traveling for a hot minute. I was at the Arnold over the weekend, and it was ridiculous, and we'll talk about it some on the show. But first, let me introduce our guest, who we love, who helped you win a gold medal at High Rock Chicago, Lauren Weeks. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm talking to two gold medal winners now, so I'm good. I mean... I mean. <laughs> Never again will you be able, to, be able to say that, but yes, that's actually accurate right now. I know. And we didn't even know. No, we had no idea. In fact, we missed the award ceremony. We did. We had our own award ceremony. No, right. no one knew. I've told this, this uh, on the show, but uh, Nikki was missing. I was literally making Nikki missing memes and drop them in our group chat trying to find her. And someone's like, oh, we found her. She's on the podium. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, she won a gold medal. I'm like, are you guys pulling my chain? And they're like, nope, she won a gold medal. I'm like, that reads. Yeah, that was totally makes sense. No, it made actually no sense at all. It was hilarious. And I spent all weekend. I mean, if you guys, I would say if you haven't listened to the Hyrax recap episode that we did, go back and listen to it. But I truly spent all weekend trying to convince everyone that my level of fitness is like just miserable right now, which is true. Like, I promise I am not exaggerating, but um, something about the the way that Hyrox is set up and the energy that day and the fact that we were in a partner competition and the fact that, Lauren, you were like the world's most perfect partner. It just, all the stars aligned. And I think we did a pretty darn were good job. Were you trying to convince everyone that before or after you won the gold medal? No, before. And then I think everyone <laughs> thought that I was bullshit, which is not true. Like I and my open rankings prove it. Okay. I'm a fitness. She's not where she once was, but I just that, that format of that competition, it just, everything felt really great that day, which is awesome. It's pure fitness and we definitely split everything equally. So I think you're selling yourself short. Yeah, I don't know. We also won first place out of three people so first is first nikki first yeah. is first. you are totally right 100 percent um and we had we had a little bit a couple of clips of you lauren in the video blog that we put together from that day but i'm super excited to introduce you to our audience because i don't know about you john but i was flooded with questions about like who you are and and a little bit about your crossfit background and how you made the crossover from CrossFit to High Rocks. And then like, I have so many like mom things to talk to you about because you are a relatively, like I like to say new-ish mom. And I feel like we're new-ish moms like forever after we have kids, but, um, and like how you're balancing all that. And also your baby is adorable. So let's talk She's about it. She's pretty cute. She's so cute. She's so cute. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that because that's a question I get the most, or I have gotten the most since we talked uh, about High Rocks and about our experience there, which was, like your partner was so fit and didn't have we seen her kind of like in the CrossFit space? Like your name is familiar. So can you explain a little bit about the background with you and CrossFit? So I think uh, my first CrossFit like open would have been in 2014. Um, I was no, yeah, it was, it was a long time ago. I was no good, but um, I enjoyed it. I loved the open. I've done it 
for as many years that I was able to participate in. And then 2016 was when I qualified for my first regionals. And um, I qualified for three years in a row. And each year I would be like fit enough to get through the open. And then I would get squashed at regionals (laughs) like every single time. Like it was, it was not, I wasn't able to play at the same level as everybody else was able to play. That's okay. That's it's, you know, learning experience and also like competition experience is always great. Kind of no matter how it goes, I feel like. Which region were you in? Uh, so the first one I was in the Atlantic region. Um, so, and I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and then I moved to Vegas. So then I was in San Antonio for the next one and then Salt Lake for 2018. Fun fact, Atlanta 2014 was also my first regional. On the broadcast. On the broadcast? Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't there for that one. I don't think I knew what regionals was at the time. That was my first open. That is like the the jump from like, oh, this is fun. What is this? To like what two-ish years later when you qualify for like one of the bigger competitions. I feel like that's a is a big learning curve in that first two years. It was a very big learning yeah. curve. And then you go to the event and they have all these stands. And um, my dad came and he's like, I feel so unfit because the crowd, the whole uh-huh. crowd is very fit. Oh, I, I've said that forever. So one of the best things about CrossFit and particularly going to the games is that you look in the crowd and there's not a shirt in sight, which is weird. And six packs, as far as the eye can see, it's like everyone dresses like at some point, Dave Castro is going to point in the crowd and go, hey, you're in. And you got to run down and work out real quick. Like, that's what tag it's in, like. Tag in. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> like, I just, I, I can never wrap my mind around it. How many fit people I, are in one place? I haven't gone to spectate the games yet. How many people would you say wear a shirt versus don't wear a shirt? Oh. Spectators, not, not participants. Well, it depends spectators. on the weather. But when it's really hot, like... It's just a sea of skin. It's like 50%. I would say 50% of people are bare. But they're all wearing workout apparel. Like it's, even if they're wearing shirts, they're wearing whatever they would normally work out in. So it's a lot of, you know, for the women, you know, booty shorts and sports bras. And for the men, they're wearing their little ranger shorts and, you know, tank tops if they're wearing shirts or no shirt. You know, it's uh, – so it's, I don't know, it's kind of like NASCAR where they all wear their jerseys and they're drinking beer. It's kind of the same thing in that I regard. Like that. Yeah. You know, only fitness. It's only fun. fitness. But they're yeah. still all drinking beer. They're, yeah. And, and we're drinking beer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do they allow that in the stadium? Oh, yeah. They oh. sell booze right there, girl. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yes. I have, I have put it to the full test, Lauren. The full test. <laughs> Is it fact, open bar? Yeah, the, well, it's not. Yeah, so they have uh, around the event outside, and in, in uh, not in the Coliseum, but out in the festival, they have Tito's booths, and those are clutch for the record. If you like mm-hmm. vodka, um, but then in the Coliseum, they have full bars, and you know you order whatever you want. So you can watch fitness, and I drank quite a few beers watching fitness. It was it was a it's nice a- event. It's a really fun spectator experience. And I will say very um, family friendly with the exception of like, like some events are evening events. So like when we were there last year, Matt like couldn't watch anything in the Coliseum at night because it was past baby bedtime. And it's just like, you know, this it's just not worth it. Like pushing bedtime is one thing, but like going to an event that like is on until like 9 p.m. is just nah. Well, then the whole day they're tired the whole next day because they went to bed too late. Yeah. Or they do that weird second wind thing where like you kept them up and then all of a sudden they're like up 
Like you're, they're so tired, they're awake. How? How is that the, a thing? The thing that's weird to me, and you guys maybe can give me some insight to this, because uh, I, I feel like I see babies at the games, and the games are really loud. Yeah. Like really loud. And I always see the little babies with the gigantic headphones, headphones. kind of like the ones you have on, but bigger. Yeah. You know, because their heads are so little. And just those gigantic headphones, so they can't hear anything. And I'm always like, I know this kid can't be enjoying themselves. But, I you know, know, I get that people don't, you know. But then when I see the babies without the headphones, I, I like, I kind of freak out a little. No, it, it freak you out? Would that freak you guys out? You go, oh, my. I want to. I wanted to wait and to hear what you had to say about that because I got Lily. So Lily is my daughter's name. I got her a pair of those headphones for Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's a party when you go there and um, both my husband and I participated this year. So we brought her, but no, she had those head, giant pink headphones on. Yeah. So I was waiting to see if you approved or disapproved before. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. I don't know anything. It's hard to find any like solid info on that kind of stuff. And like the mom wormhole that you can go in online, it's just like terrible. It's, don't Google anything ever. Just don't. <laughs> um, but we got them for semifinals last year for Hunter. There's like all sorts of footage of Matt on the live stream, like wearing Hunter in the pack and he's got the giant headphones on. And he um, like he kind of fucked with them. Like he wouldn't really keep them on the entire time. But if he didn't have them on, I sort of panicked because I was like, I don't know the rules and you seem so small and it's wicked loud like stadium loud i think is different than friday night lights like i think you doing that for her is like protection of her hearing and that's like awesome that you did that but like stadium loud at semifinals last year really freaked me out so he kind of messed with them but when he had them on he was really chill and there were a lot of other babies in the crowd that didn't have them on that were not having a good time and i think it was like maybe so loud it was scary so how old was he um at the time of the games um, at games, he was one. He turned one at games. Yeah. And then at semifinals, he was like, whatever, nine, 10 months. So he was very mobile and aware and probably didn't, was trying to move him around. She just let me, she's almost eight months now. So she, she just let me hold them there. Yeah. She didn't move them. At semifinals, it wasn't bad. At games, it was, yeah. Maybe I need a pair, so I'll be more chill. <laughs> yeah. Nice and comfy. I think, yeah. I hear you can also use them on the plane if travel is like, Noise canceling. Yeah. Oh. Always knock you out. Always a good thing. Yeah. So you did Friday Night Lights. So you're still dabbling in the CrossFit community a little bit, or are you all high racks all the time? No, I still, uh, I still dabble. I would say in the CrossFit community, some not as much with working out, um, but I want to do the open. I want to participate in the community. Uh, it was fun to jump in because some of these movements I haven't done since before I was pregnant. Like I hadn't done a toast. Well, I hadn't done a toast to bar. I did those while I was pregnant. And then, um, any pulling exercise, it had been a long time. And I was, I was very sore after 23.1. I bet. How fun. Well, so can you explain a little bit about, uh, we had a chance to meet you at High Rock Chicago and it was so, so fun watching you run the elite race. And then I still to this day think that you're a little bit crazy for being like, I'm just going to recover by doing the whole thing again as a partner wad with Nikki in a vest, um, which was like my workout for the next like two week, basically. I was like, I'm good. 
I'm good. I wanted to ask you how you felt, how you felt after that. Cause I remember how I felt after the first Hyrox I ran and I was pretty wrecked for a while. How were you the next day? I was totally fine. That's awesome. Yeah, I was a hundred percent fine, but I think it's because we split it. And so nothing was very, nothing was super high rep. Truly. Like if you're, if you're a regular CrossFitter, um, you know, like for John who did everything solo, like, like doing 8k of running and then ending all that mess with a hundred wobbles. Like that's so much, but ending with like 40, like you and I did. I think it's a good introduction, the partner style yeah. into the race. hundred percent. Cause it is, it is a lot for the individual and John, you did an individual. How'd you yeah, feel? I did not day? have a good introduction. Lauren. <laughs> no, I was wrecked. <laughs> Completely wrecked end to end. Uh, it was, here's how bad it was. So, um, I was actually like, I've, I've had worse. Let me say that up front for anyone that wants to do high rocks and we'll talk about it more. Um, I've certainly done events that made me feel a lot worse, a lot quicker, but I did go back to my room that night and I'm like, damn, I'm not moving. Like I went, we went and had dinner in the restaurant. We hung out for a while. I felt pretty good there. But when I got to the room, I felt the soreness coming on quick. And usually like, I don't get sore same day. It's usually delayed. It's a day, two days after, like I was sore very quick. And it was just head to toe. I mean, it's a tough event, you know. And was I was it quads and side butt? That's usually where I've gotten mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, it was definitely the sled pull, sled pushes, uh, and the volume of running because I, you know, I was grossly undertrained for the volume of running. Uh, and so, you know, it's you know, kind of ankles, feet, you know, that sort of thing, and then just overall fatigue. You know, I mean, of course, <laughs> admittedly, I was out there twice as long as I wanted to be, so that was part of it. Um, but it was, yeah. Did you have a goal time going in? Yes, I was nowhere near that goal time. <laughs> Not even involved. I will be in June, though. I promise you, when I do this thing again, I will hit my goal time. You can take that to the bank. Um, have and, you started incorporating more like cardio fitness and running? Yeah, well, I've been the last couple of weeks, I haven't because then when I got back from High Rocks, I had this horrible cough. Um, but it seems to be mostly better now. So we're going to incorporate. A lot of running, a lot of sled pulls, a lot of sled pushes, ski erg row, like all those movements are ideally suited for the gym that I train out of uh, and own. Uh, so we'll we'll certainly step it up. As a matter of fact, I got back from that event, went straight to my coach, who's also the co-owner of the gym with me, and said, let's formulate a plan right now. It's coming up in June. And we sat down and figured out the volume of running that I would need. We figured out a nutrition strategy. And, you know, to add it, because I think I'm going to need to lose a few pounds in order to get faster. And, um, yeah, and and as a matter of fact, we were messaging today. She's like, we're starting Monday. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. So I'll hit the goal. That's time exciting, there. though. Yeah, it's a lot of dedication. Fine. Yeah, like I like I, the thing I like about High Rocks that um, why I think others will like it. But how I'm wired is I love a goal. It's like when I got into fitness, I was doing P90X. And for those that have done P90X, it's 90 days, right? And every day they tell you exactly what to do. Man, I am good at someone bossing me around. You know, you tell me what to do, I can go do it. P90X is no joke for the record. That shit was hard. It was hard. It it does help to have a plan. Yeah. And if somebody else is making you a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, and I've run marathons before and half marathons. So, like, I, I... already had a sense of like what the volume of running needed to be but i also know that i'm 52 now not 42 and that's a different body type Mm -hmm. and i'm like we need to 
you know, we've got to incorporate the volume, but maybe we're going to need to filter in more rowing and ski erg and some other, you know, and some biking and some things to be gentle on my joints. So I can get to June healthy. Um, you didn't plan on racing in Chicago originally either, right? No, no. I had, <laughs> I had six kilos the day before, Lauren. I didn't know until almost the moment we were going. So no, I was dehydrated and. Was it your choice or were you coerced? I know that I kind of was made Nikki do it. I had no so that's choice. On me. Well, yeah. Yes, it was my choice. But if you ask me to do something and there's a metal involved, I might as well be coerced because I'm yeah. going to say yes. Like, yeah. I'm not saying no to that. You're giving me a medal when it's over. I'm like, oh, I get I get hardware done. You know, how hard can it be? That's like I'm a CrossFitter. It's like, how hard can it be? I've done Murph, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, fair. And, That's fair. You know. I've had varying levels of soreness after these events, depending on how prepared I am going into it. So sometimes I'll come out. Um, not too bad, like you were saying, Nikki. And then other times I can be wrecked for five days. Really? Fully. Yeah. Huh. It's it's very dependent on what my training is going into Wait, it. That is so interesting to me because it is the same race every time. Like I know that, that is like like you could be really, really fit, but still like less prepared or had trained one thing more than something else and come out feeling completely different. That's wild. Yeah. So last year in Chicago, same race, um, I had gotten sick uh, with COVID like a month before. So I spent a month not really doing any strength training and still decided to go race four weeks later. I It was minimum five days that I felt like I couldn't walk up and down stairs just because I hadn't been, I hadn't been strength training for that meanwhile, long. So. Meanwhile, this year you won the European championship. And then, what, Chicago was three weeks later? It was a very quick, very weeks, quick turnaround. Three weeks later? Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. And then you did it again and still podiumed. And then was like, I'm just going to make Nikki do it again. I'm going to run the whole race again. Like that. And, and how did you feel after that month? I was in better, I was in better shape this year than um, I was going into it last year. Also, let's not forget also seven or eight months postpartum, right? Yeah. So better yeah. shape, but also different, different body, different life, different, different mind, different everything. Different priorities. Yeah. Everything, everything is completely changed. That's for sure. That's wild. Yeah. Cool. But no, I, I agree. I was, I felt much better after this, this past weekend or however many weekends it was ago yeah. than I had last year. Yeah. I think when Nikki was interviewing you for the clips we were doing, when we did for the video uh, piece we did, she was talking to you and you like casually mentioned you did one of these pregnant and mm. then your postpartum now. And I'm like, what the hell? We have got to get her on the show. Cause like, I can't wrap my mind around postpartum, let alone doing it as you're carrying. Like, I'm like, you're a savage. You're an absolute yeah. savage. It's amazing. So I had, um, our Las Vegas was the world championships last year. And I had qualified in a previous race where I, I probably wouldn't have qualified with the time. Um, if I had been as far along as I was when I, when I raced it, but they, uh, were still willing to let me like get on the course. So Las Vegas, I was 31 weeks pregnant, I think. So showing a lot cause I'm short, <laughs> Um, oh, also showing a lot because you are at the end of your pregnancy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> well, I wish it was at the end. I mean, well, that yeah. was still, 
at the time it feels like there's forever to go no. when you're 31 weeks. But, um, but yeah, no, I was, I was definitely showing a lot and uh, it was a, it was a really great race. Those are, we didn't do like official maternity photos, but I have all the, I bought the photo package from that there one. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got a big old belly and like my mom and my mother-in-law and my husband. And I had like family and friends all there cheering on. So it was, it was a really fun day. What are the major adjustments you have to make to, to do that? Like, you know, when I don't particularly view high rocks as like a, a high, it's not a high impact sport, you know, other than there's a lot of running. But there's certainly like burpees, as an example, mm-hmm. or going to the floor and getting back up and you get sled pushes and sled pulls. Like, what are the major adjustments you had to make to to get through that race and to keep yourself safe? The, the burpee was the big one. Um, so in order to hit the standard, I would have to go to my like go to my knees first, do like a push up, a strict push up to my chest so that my stomach never touched um, and then stand up and do this tiny little hop because I couldn't jump very far and. And then just do it over and over again. So it was a very, it was, it was a knee push up basically. Um, but it's still meeting the standards. That was the big one that I had to change. Uh, I wore a heart rate monitor too. Mm. Um, my doctor actually never said anything about keeping it under a certain heart rate, but I figured I'd put it up. They put it on like a, they connected it to a big screen so that like the whole stadium could see our heart rate. And I felt like that would keep me honest as well to, know that everybody else can see how hard I may be pushing myself. That's cool. Um, but my doctor, like her big thing was to make sure you don't overheat. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was the the one thing that I had to keep in mind um, in terms of things that I was doing. So. so interesting. I, I'm loving, especially right now. Um, and I don't know if it's becoming more, prevalent or if I'm just like in a season of life where I'm noticing it more, but I'm just really loving all the different ways that we're publicly seeing female athletes approaching pregnancy and raising their kids in and around health and wellness and continuing to stay active as they're pregnant. Like it's just, it's really cool to see all the different all the different thoughts and methodologies without, I mean, the internet is a toxic wasteland. We know that, but I do feel like in general, like people have been a lot more open to different ways to approach it. And, uh, you know, personally, I, I did CrossFit throughout my entire pregnancy. I reported at the games, 38 weeks pregnant. It was a lot, but it was awesome. Um, and you know, like watching you take on a high rocks event when you're seven, eight months pregnant, like watching everything that Tia Toomey's doing right now is like, I, I just think to me, it's like inspiring and wonderful and beautiful and brilliant. And then also at the very same time, do you guys hear that Cara Saunders is pregnant again? Yeah. I just saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. And her story, unfortunately, had some loss in it. And she's taking things much slower because she believes that that's the best approach for her and her body and, and you know, with her doctor behind her as well. And it's just, it's a different way of looking at it. It's a different way of thinking about it. And I think it's all, like, just so beautiful. Like, everyone coming up with their own approach and putting their values first and other people like respecting that and supporting them. And the same people who are supporting Tia for working out through her entire pregnancy and doing the open are the same people who are supporting Kara for feeling the way that she feels about needing to approach her pregnancy. And I just like, that is really wonderful and special. And I just don't think a few years ago, anyone would have even been talking about it, let alone, you know, like really supporting all these different ways at it. It's not that different than, um, the representation you see for the adaptive athletes, for instance, at least in my mm-hmm. mind, that 
you know, like the reason that's important is people don't know what's possible until they see it. Hmm. You know, like I've had people reach out to me when I'll post something on a blind athlete and they're like, oh my God, I have a relative that's blind. I had no idea this was an avenue for them. And so now I imagine, you know, there are, are women all over the world that they get pregnant and they're like, all right, well, I'm done with the gym for nine months because they have no idea that this is even possible. And so, you know, providing that representation is super important. No, and I like seeing it from like these women that have such a big platform as mm-hmm. well, like both Kara and Tia and taking it from different approaches because not one approach is going to be right for all of us. Like Tia is able to keep going and train, I'd say like at a fairly high level mm-hmm. and Kara's taking a very different approach from what I'm seeing and, and one way is not going to be best for all of us. So I, I like to see like the different dynamics and yeah. how people are approaching it and just just to know that like what you choose for you is going to be best for you. I, I saw Tia this weekend and she's still oh. ridiculously fit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a, like unreal fit. I mean, she was, first of all, she looked awesome, you know, like really just like typical Tia, big smiles and generous with her time and, you know, talking to everyone that possibly come up. And every time someone have a baby, like her eyes would light up and she mm. would down and talk, you know, but again, like I'm going, man, I wish I had her arms, you know, yeah. she's, she's, she's I will fit. laugh so hard if she makes quarterfinals, like she's L-L-L. 100% making quarterfinals. She, she absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no, cause there's, I don't, there's no way my scores were as good as her. And I think I made it. So she yeah, definitely yeah. made it. <laughs> I, hey, I like, think Kelly, are you going to do it? Are you going to do quarterfinals? I'm probably going to do quarterfinals, hey. but then like, that's the end of the road for me. Okay. I mean, but I mean, never mostly because happens. I won't go. What happens? See what happens. <laughs> but it, it's a, uh, it's fun. Like I want to keep, I want to keep doing all the like the community events. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be the last one I think I get to participate CrossFit wise. Uh, Matt made it too. Just saying. Woo-hoo. Is he gonna do it? Yeah, yeah, he'll do it for his age group. He'll do it. That's I'm not fun. age group yet. Soon. Me either. This was my last. Oh, this was my last open, not a master, you guys. Why do you have, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to do that? It's a big moment. I feel like I, I think lo- it's a, I love it. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I was excited until the entire like world started leveling up. And now I feel like 35 to 39 is like the most competitive division. Basically. <laughs> it is pretty dang competitive. Yeah. <laughs> there are there's oh, any more, oh. whatever. Um, but that's that's very cool. Lauren, did you catch shit at all for doing the event pregnant? Not personally, no. Um, like I had gotten tons of support. And the way they set up these championship events, you saw like they try and build like almost a stadium around it. And for the world championship, like there were people there like screaming and cheering on Fine. like their stadium seats. And every time I would run. I'm going to put air quotes, run by, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, shuffle by, like people are going nuts. And I like, I don't know any of these people, but because I'm out there with like a giant stomach, just trying to get through this event, they were super, super supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure that there were things behind the scenes that weren't as supportive, um, but not to my face. Everybody was very, very kind to my face. Cool. Well, that was during them. Yeah. (laughs) During, during pregnancy, I've gotten like maybe a little bit more, um, flack, uh, postpartum. Really? Very little. 
Very little, but um, definitely less supportive postpartum than I had got, like the support I had gotten while I was pregnant. Why is that? Yeah, what's the sentiment? Like you should be raising your kid, not running these races? No, um, it was more that I was setting a bad example. Um, I There's like one woman in particular that sent me like a novel message saying that I should be ashamed of myself for setting like such a bad standard for women to try and and I just ignored it I wanted to respond and say like I'm not trying to set a standard for anybody like I'm I'm doing this like for me I enjoy doing it but um no she was very unhappy that I was out there still competing it's funny I was just talking to somebody about this over the weekend that um I I think the reason this happens we were we were actually talking about hate that Tia's catching online, mostly yeah. from men, mostly from men who aren't who aren't doctors, by the way. Um, and the reason I think this happens is you always see people posting online their PRs and their successes, and particularly around postpartum, the only people posting postpartum typically are the people that bounce back really, really, really fast, mm. and they have great success stories. And kudos to them, like great. And, but there are thousands of women that don't have that same experience. Nikki didn't have that experience. Like we talked about it in great detail on the show and people rarely post those things. And so there's a whole fleet of, you know, women out there that are only seeing the, the huge successes. And I think they lash out because they're like, well, that wasn't my experience. And so you're making this, making it seem like it should be the experience, you know? So it's, it's a tough situation. I mean, you're a stronger person than me, Lauren. I would have blown her up personally. Like that's how I respond to people, you know? So I low key would no. I like to blow her up if you'd like. <laughs> Just yeah. I ignored it, but it, uh, it definitely affected things moving forward because like, mm-hmm. I don't, I still post a lot about like Lily, my daughter, but I, I don't think you'll ever really catch me using the hashtag postpartum or, or anything like that because I, I don't know. She made me feel bad about it. Mm. So I like, I still show that I have a daughter, but I don't try and write like postpartum, this postpartum fitness or, uh, so it definitely had an effect. That just sucks. not one that I outwardly said to her. Yeah. Well, it was kind of you to not, um, lash back because that's hard to do, but I don't, I'm yeah. just bummed that it made you feel that way because I feel like Man, there's always going to be someone that you can't please, right? And um, it's hard to just kind of like plant your flag in the sand and be like, no, I'm going to do me. Like, you could smash that unfollow button, bitch. Like, come on, if you don't like it. But it is it is hard because it does stay in the back of your mind somewhere. And you're like, oh my God, how many other people are thinking the same thing, just not telling me? That was that was exactly yeah. it. Like, like, who am I possibly affecting? So Make that mm-hmm. your hashtag. Smash the unfollow <laughs> button, bitch. How about that? <laughs> Multiple times a week, I want that to be my hashtag. Multiple times a week if I get... And I don't get a lot of shade online. John gets enough shade for both of us, Lauren, for sure. But I always say like, I feel really lucky that I don't have a huge following, but the people who do follow me like legitimately want to be there um, and are there for like, you know, my goofy mom posts as much as my PRs and CrossFit stuff, which is very cool. But every so often I'll post, like I'll plant my flag in the sand about something. Maybe maybe it's a social issue or maybe it's whatever. And I, I will speak my mind and I will have opinions and I will make them known. And people usually lose their shit around that stuff. And I am just like, smash that unfollow button. 
please. You are not needed here. Bye-bye. That should be the first hashtag then. Yeah, it should be. After the post. Yeah. We're putting it on a t-shirt. We're going to put it on a t-shirt next week. After then, follow button. I don't care. I don't care. If you really cannot stand for the things that I stand for, like you probably shouldn't be following me. Bye. It's an interesting dynamic where people feel the need to tell you what you can do with your own platform. Mm. You know, like I get that pretty often when people go, you should do this, you shouldn't do this because you have X number of followers. And I suspect... This, you know, I'm not going to read too much in this woman's mindset, but I suspect it's the same thing. She's like, you have a platform, you're an athlete. How dare you steer all these other women to do what I don't agree with? You know, when in reality, she's just uncomfortable with it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. I think you you can hashtag postpartum all day long because you're setting a great example for a ton of people that that need to see that fitness is still accessible. You know? yeah. And I appreciate it. And it doesn't have to be like, Obviously, I do a lot of fitness. It doesn't have to be that extent, but still going out for walks, like moving our body, being healthy. Like I, I want to encourage stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How about setting that example for yeah. your kids and for women and for men and for old people and young people, all of the things. How is hashtag postpartum life? Like how's the baby? How's everything? She's eight months? She's almost eight months. Yeah. yeah. So oh my goodness. As you, as I'm sure you know, like it's ever changing and some points are harder than others. And it was definitely really, really hard in the beginning. It's just all of a sudden you're hit with this, this new little person that you're responsible for. And they don't give you an instruction book when you leave the hospital and you just kind of have to figure it out and make sure that they stay alive. And so it's, it's hard. Um, I like would struggle with not knowing why she was crying and doing everything I could to try and make her happy. And then I would be upset because I couldn't figure out how to make her happy. Um, but as, I mean, as time goes on, like we, I would, I think she's a baby, but I'd say we definitely learn about each other. Um, and I figure out like, okay, so she's a baby. She's going to cry sometimes. It doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. So that that was like a really big step for me. Uh, but Eight months now, I mean, she's still like, she's a baby. Of course, she's going to be crying. But it's, I understand now, like, Mm -hmm. what she wants and what she needs. And she interacts and it's fun. And it's been just a challenge in different ways the the whole way through. That is like the one thing that I feel like I was so not prepared for was this like weird visceral reaction that I would feel anytime my baby cried in the very beginning. Like in, I mean, now it like, it still breaks my heart and I'm like, oh my God, what do you want? Let me help you. (laughs) It's also like, okay, like, no, you can't have like cheddar bunnies for dinner. Like that's okay. It's okay to tear up a little bit. You can't get what you want. But in the beginning, like, oh my God, nobody prepared me for when your kid cries, like you will just like your insides turn to complete liquid and then you form a puddle on the ground and you're like panicked and frantic and like, oh my God, the first like crying in the car seat experience where I'm like, you physically can't get to them and you have to get to your destination before. And it was like, my brain will explode. Like my, my body cannot process the sound and it's like, no one and and it almost sounds like now as a quote-unquote veteran mom like my kid is almost in my over one and a half like I'm like oh my god why was I so freaking out about them crying back then but it's like you can't it's visceral it's quite literally like nature takes over and you're like (gasps) my kid is crying 
I'm laughing about the car seat one because I didn't even think of that, but I'm sure every parent has had that where you put them in the car seat and then all of a sudden they're screaming. It's not crying. They're screaming. screaming. Yeah. And you can't, you can't do anything because I mean, one wrong move and you guys are in an accident. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. When, when Hunter was 11 weeks or 12 weeks, Matt really wanted to go up north to his, his visit his family in Maine. And it's like a nine hour drive from here. And I, the level of anxiety, I mean, I had just barely, barely gotten over like horrible postpartum anxiety, like real bad. And I was like, I won't survive this road trip. There's no way. And I made him promise. <laughs> the only way I would agree to it is he promised that if the baby cried, no matter how many times we would pull over. And I could like get him out of the car seat and give him a break and like nurse him or change him or do whatever I needed to do. I'm like, that is the only way I'm getting in a car with you for nine hours in this infant. How did it I go? ride in the back and anytime he cries, you pull over and you don't bitch about it. Do not bitch about it. It was great. Did it work? Did yeah. it work out that way? Were you able to get... Okay. Yeah, he mainly slept the whole time. It was fine. But I, <laughs> I needed that for like my anxiety. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's really hard, but, uh, I never had this experience. I have two girls and I'm a dude and I have an uncanny ability to ignore women altogether. So when they would cry, just like you didn't bother me. There's a really cool, um, Netflix documentary called babies. Have you guys seen it? No, it's really cool. It's like, it's very sciencey about like how and why things happen the way that they do when we have babies and when we raise babies and how they grow and how we grow. And part of it talked about the, they studied mom's brains and the like amygdala of the brain, like quite literally physically changes, like chemically changes from before you have a baby to after. So like, like science sciencely care about the baby that's not a word you know what i'm saying but also john also dad's brain's amygdala changed too so it's not like not just maternal quote-unquote stuff that is quite literally genetic it is also paternal does it make us softer yeah it does forever forever like your amygdala changes for life you are not the same composition brain that you were before. I feel like I was too soft to begin with. That's not good. <laughs> I, I give the same advice to all new parents. Your kids aren't going to remember any of this. Anything before five, they don't remember at all. You could, I, I can't tell you how many times my oldest, who's upstairs, rolled down the stairs. Like rolled down the stairs because I wasn't watching her. She was fine, by the way. She's still fine. Yeah, that. but that's that's physical. That's that's okay. Like I'm okay with the bumps and bumps and bruises, but what am I doing to her psyche? Is what makes me nervous. They they think you're a genius until they turn ten. They they think you are the smartest person on the planet until the first time you Google their homework. So you're fine for a long time. I don't know. I feel like she's still she's already looking at me like is she? What are you doing? Right yeah. eye. <laughs> Like, what is this? Well, like, this how, is, how did I get reincarnated into this family? That's what you're doing, looking around. I, I get it. Um, this is the great debate in my house, right? Because Hunter's never been a great sleeper ever. Um, and we're still like, I just dropped a night feeding like a month ago. Like when I was at High Rocks, actually, was the first time um, that Matt like didn't warm up a bottle of breast milk when I was gone overnight. Did he make it through? Yeah, one night was better than the other. 
<laughs> and he, he, we found that he could do cow's milk at night just fine, which was cool. Um, and I'm still breastfeeding, like just, just in the morning and, and to bed, but that was the struggle dropping that overnight feed. But even still, like he's just never been a great sleeper. And that's the great debate, right? Is Matt's like, just let him cry. He'll put himself back to sleep. And I'm like, I can't go more than like five, 10 minutes. Cause I'm like, I'm ruining, I'm giving him trauma. He's calling for help and I'm not going to him. So I now feel when, when you put him to bed for bedtime, will he let you leave, leave him? Like, can he sleep by himself? Yeah. He, See, that, yeah. I, I I have not figured that out yet. Man. But yeah, we'll start with her in the bassinet. Um, and then a hand is in the bassinet on her. Mm-hmm. She's like holding fingers. And then we'll pass out. You have to try and slowly pull your hand away. Mm-hmm. And then at some point in the middle of the night, she like wakes up and cries. And as much as I try, she ends up in the bed. Yeah, it, I totally get that. Oh, thousand percent and like we went through periods like that he's been like a decent independent sleeper like in the crib and in the bathnet and in the crib and now he's in a floor bed um which he loves which i highly recommend the floor bed is very cool when they get a little bit older but um yeah man the sleep has always been is floor bed after crib yeah it can be some people do floor bed instead of crib um, there's a couple really cool, I'll send you a couple links to some like very cool sleep people that I follow who are like gentle sleep people. Cause I just can't, I can't cry it out. I can't do it. I wouldn't, I can't do it either. I have to get up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, yeah. yeah. They hear her hungry now. Yeah, she is hungry. Yeah. She's so We've got cute. backup. She's started eating solids, which is really fun <laughs> to explore. Um, I learned that mm is not just like a sound that we were taught to make because she does that. And I definitely didn't teach her. Mm, that's yummy. Weird. <laughs> it's uh, all on their own. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. After every single bite. <laughs> Same. Me too. <laughs> I'm, I told my husband, I hope that she keeps doing that. Like when she starts to date and I see like her on her first date and she eats a bite of cheesecake or something and goes, mm. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. So cute. Come in with a camera. Yes, please. God. The, the, does she travel to the events with you? Was she in Chicago when we were there? She wasn't in Chicago. So she's, she's done some of them, but not all of them. It is definitely harder. Um, traveling with her and not even just uh, because of like traveling with the baby, but we also have two dogs. So getting dog sitters. And so she's been to, she came to New York with me um, in November and we spent a couple days there for an event. Um, And then she'll be coming to one up in Florida as well, but she didn't go overseas with me. And then she wasn't in Chicago either. So when I was on this trip this weekend, three of my peers have babies or, you know, two years and younger and all universally, they all said the same thing because we're in a hotel. Oh my God, I get to sleep in. I can't wait. This is great. And then universally, none of them could. They all woke up. Do you have that same experience? Same for you? No. (laughs) No, I take advantage of that sleep. (laughs) I love it. What about you, Nick? You can't do it. I didn't. I thought for sure. I was like, holy shit. High Rock Chicago is going to be the first time in 18 months that I get to sleep for more than four hours at a time. And sure shit, 
I was like, blink, blink, eyes open, awake at like 2.33 a.m. Because now I think my body just knows. That's like, that's when we get up. That's when we got to pee. That's when we feed the baby. Like we're up. No, I don't, I don't know if this is bougie, but I travel with a noisemaker. Oh, so. yes, I absolutely put the white noise <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. Well, I have the, and I have a, I have a bougie ass eye mask that my husband bought me for Christmas. So I am like that. I just, I'm also a crappy sleeper. I guess he gets it from me. But yeah, I don't have advice for the, you're doing everything right. That's my only advice for putting her down or if she holds your hand until there, that's your kid. That's just how she be. And it's hard. And I can't just like let her, I can't just let her cry. So, I mean, I guess technically I could, but I can't let her cry. And and everything that you're doing for her and with her is right. hundred percent. And you know, you'll be like, oh my God, this is so hard. I don't think I can do it for one more night. And then all of a sudden one night things will change. And then she has a random new habit or a random new way of falling asleep. And you're like, this is all I've known for months. Like, how is it different? But the best advice anyone ever gave me about kids is the second you get used to something, it will change. I am not prepared, but I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not prepared. John, is that still how it is? Like, even as they get older? Oh, things change all the time. My, How yeah. old is your youngest? Uh, my youngest is 19. She'll be 20 in, Octo- in, uh, in October. My oldest is 21. She'll be 22. Are either yeah. of them living with you? My oldest lives here. My youngest is at the University of Cincinnati currently. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, like things are always changing. They're finding new hobbies or, you know, like the oldest, she's a night owl. So she'll be up till three in the morning playing video games with her friends online then i don't know you just i i think you learn to love all the seasons of their life you know like i loved the season you guys are talking about like i i vividly remember and i have a shitty memory keep in mind you know i'm old but i vividly remember the one that's upstairs sitting in her room in the rocker that we had with these little bottles that had to warm up and sitting there feeding her in the middle of the night and then getting up early in the morning and putting her in a little swing and we'd sit there and watch sports center together. You know, <laughs> like, I remember all of that, like, like it was yesterday. And then, you know, and then you have all the other stages of their life, preschool, kindergarten, middle school, high school. Some of it's traumatic. Some of it's fun, you know, and now she's an adult and she comes home. Was there a favorite stage and through all that? Um, no, I mean, I, I kind of love them all equally. There were parts that were fun. Like she ran cross country and I really liked that stage a lot because it was something we could do together. I could take her on these trips. We went to nationals and and did a lot of that stuff. And so that was, you know. Were you run training to be doing the same thing? Uh, no, but I was, I was kind of at a point where I was, you know, CrossFit was beating me up pretty good. And I had some personal goals. Like I'd never run a marathon and I just, I kind of wanted to do that. And so I started running and uh, I got decently good at it for a while. And then she got faster than me. I'm like, well, I guess I got to quit now. And uh, <laughs> no, that's when you double down. I know, right? <laughs> no, like, so it's funny, you know, I, the girls laugh at me because I've never let them win anything. Like there's never been, like, I'm a firm believer, you know, you got to teach your kids. There's going to be disappointment in life. Mm-hmm. And so anything we've done competitive, I've tried to beat them. And for a long time, beat them a lot. 
and running was one of them. So when she was starting cross country and running, we'd go run together and we'd go, I'd take them out to the track and we'd run laps. And I, I remember vividly, we do an 800 and I'd sandbag and then I'd blow past her in the last 200 meters, just to frustrate her, you know? Well, it wasn't much long after that we were going to nationals and I had not run with her for several months and we go to a track to run and I just, it's like it was yesterday, watch her just pulling away from me with ease and like looking over her shoulder at me, like, are you going to come on, old man? Like just blew me off the track. Mm. And, and it was, it was very memorable. So it's a weird moment where you're like, man, I just got smoked by my own kid, but you're also super proud. Yeah. I was going to say, there's got to be a lot of pride there. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a really different moment. You know, for sure. But she doesn't run anymore, so I'm going to take her to a track soon and just beat the shit out of her. (laughs) And then that's the last time you race. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, pretty much. Go out in a blaze of glory. (laughs) Have we talked about this on the show before, John? Like the whole, like, not letting letting them win thing? I have big feelings about this. Oh, I don't know. It's funny. Um... I, you know, you get Facebook memories and stuff. I got one the other day of Megan. I, she beat me at a video game when she was like six, maybe five. And she's literally taunting me because it was the first time she huh. ever beat me out of like a hundred times, you know, it's like the cutest video ever, you know, but I don't like, I don't, I never, I don't let them win now if yeah. I can help it, you know, I, like, I love that. I think that's really important. And I like, I feel very strongly about this. I have an older brother. He's nine years older than me. So it was kind of like having another parent growing up. Um, And he never let me win anything, not a game, not a video game, not a card game or a board game or anything, not bowling. Like we, we did everything together growing up, not because I was young or cute or a girl. And it frustrated the heck out of me growing up, but it was, I, I just feel like it was so incredibly important. It was like a life lesson that I will never forget and that I will never, I don't know, like not, I will never not appreciate the value of what he did there because anytime I wanted to do better, I had to work and he would help yeah. me. He would help me work at it, but he would never let me, even like little things where, you know, like, oh my God, you're bowling and you're a kid and you like just send it down the gutter and you're like, can that was just practice? Can I have another turn? And like, everyone's always like, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. He was like, no, <clears throat> that was your turn. No, that was your turn. Like, if you don't like it, you better get better for the next one. So I don't know. I just, I really appreciate that he did that for me. And I, I have like very big feelings about that. And now, of course, I look at my kid and I'm like, you can win whatever you want. How am I supposed to not let you win? But I will hold strong. I will do it. It teaches them to, they have to work for it. I know. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I can tell you definitively, you know, my girls have lost a lot of stuff in life and what they don't do is cry about it. And that's why. Right. Exactly. They move on to the next thing and they work for what they get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in this house, I will not let Matt beat me in video games. And he's very (laughs) sore about it. He won't play uh, Mario Kart with me anymore. Ever. He says, which version do you play? Oh my God. Like old, like, like old 64. Well, we have it. And then we also like, we have the, um, like Mario Kart for switch. We had Mario Kart for Wii U. We've had Mario Kart for every single thing. And I think just because I grew up with an older brother, like he can't win and now he won't play with me about it. He's mad about it. He says it's not fun to always lose. 
And I said, sucks to You've do. got to be pretty good at it then. If you can win in all those different pretty versions of it. It's a skill. Too bad <laughs> I don't have any life skills to actually get me anywhere, but I can play Mario Kart. Bring it on. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should figure out how to live stream it, and okay. you and Matt play on the show some night. Oh my god! He's definitely never. You want to play with me in the in the like darkness of our own home? He's not going to play with me live on the show. Super fun. <laughs> not going to lose live on the show. <laughs> You'll have to bring other people in to play then. Exactly. Well, look, I just think I think all these stages for kids are super fun. Like I really miss the stage you're babysitting right now. I love yeah. baby stage. Baby stage is great, but. You know, every time you get to a new stage, you like you kind of pine for the old one, but then you realize you're making memories in the new one. And mm, this one is particularly really fun because it's it's every couple of days she's learning and able to do something new. So like every day is monumentous, and it's so it's a lot of fun right that now. Is so fun. Seven months for me was when when things got super fun and like. Starting at seven months, I remember being like, oh, this month is the most fun. Oh, no, no, this month is the most fun. Oh, my God, no, now nine months is the most. And it was like, that was the first moment where I was like, oh, you're like not super fragile and I'm not scared all the time. And like, you're a little more interactive. And it was like, they grab and interact with things. They like can open and close things. Mm -hmm. They're moving around. Um, I have to make sure she's not trying to like throw herself off the couch. That, yep. Yep. That was a new one yesterday. <laughs> like, I can dive off of this, right? No yeah. big deal. She was like, started like crawling, got to the edge and like was flapping her arms. Like, you're not a bird. <laughs> could be. Maybe. She, she could be. I don't want to tell her she's not something, but she's not a bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so fun and scary. Oh, yes. Once. So Lauren, what's um what's sort of like up next for you uh, as far as your plans for uh, fitness and also not fitness, just regular life? Like, do you have anything exciting coming down the pipeline? Um, so fitness wise, lots of different lots of different things. Um, I, I'll jump into the quarterfinals. I'm gonna, I'm going to do an event in Sacramento called Decafit, which is very similar yeah. to High Rocks. Um, it has less running. Um, and things are a little bit lighter, uh, but they also have like team aspects as well. They have a rock division if you want to do rock division. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they still invite. Yeah, but it's uh, so like their longest version is a 5K. So I'm going to do one of those. Um, and then World Championships is in Manchester in May. And I'm doing something called the Go Rock Games. <gasps> what is that? Um, there might be, I don't know the whole list. There might be some CrossFitters going. I can't exactly say because I don't know. It's a secret, mm, I guess. Okay. I know. Well, only to me as well. Like they don't tell us everything. Cool. They told us like, they gave us a, a packing list. Um, they gave us a book that we have to read before we get there. Uh, it's called Warrior's Creed. Uh, they said we have to bring a sleeping bag. Don't bother booking a hotel. Oh my God. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll be in Jacksonville in April. How cool. So do you know, is it like a four day event and you're just going to be like doing what they tell you to do or, or something like that? Like, do you have any parameter parameters around it? We check in, we check in Friday and I think it's over on Sunday. So there it's like two to three days. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we just have to do whatever they say. Like they'll have a cadre and, uh, 
it's just like a packing list. I, I know that there's probably going to be like rocks. There's going to be running. There's going to be obstacle courses. There's going to be uh, strongman things, sandbags. Mm. Uh, apparently, I'm assuming camping. Yeah. And and uh, jujitsu style wrestling. What? This is so cool. <laughs> I hope there's some kind of way we can watch this. I have no idea, to be honest. Oh my God, that sounds so fun. I mean, it sounds terrifying. Are you scared? I would be so scared. I'm terrified, <laughs> but <laughs> but I am, I'm also very excited. So. How cool. How do, how's your jujitsu? Are you yeah, ready? Right? How do you train for that? Um, very poor. Mm. I've, so I've, I've done um, a couple other like random events uh, too that have had wrestling in them before. And uh, I was not, I was not good. I tapped out. <laughs> I was very bad. I don't know how, how do you even like, do you wrestle other people who are running the race or are there like bears to wrestle? No. <laughs> yeah. So you wrestle, you wrestle your other competitors. They're taking 15 females and 15 males. So um, I don't know if it's going to be an early event or a later on event. They don't tell us. So last year it was the final. So that was how you won or lost was through wrestling. This sheer stronger person lives. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't participate last year. I was also very pregnant at the time. And that was, that was one that my doctor said no to. Okay. <laughs> I understand. What a kill joy. Yeah, yeah, right? I, I know. Um, I but I'm going this year. John, was there wrestling at the Arnold? Uh, probably I did see, uh, mid medieval fighting. What? So that was exciting. Yes. You can't even make that a sport? It's a sport. <laughs> it's a, a sport? They have leagues. All right. And it's five on five. Now, first of all, I want you to imagine grown men and women dressed in full armor and medieval garb. I think that's called LARPing. It's not LARPing. It's different, but imagine the people that would do LARPing, same person. But right? they're really fit. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they're not fit. No, no, no. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get Wait, crazy. Are there are there awards for this? Like, can you be yeah, the yeah. best? Yeah, so so they're competing and they're wearing Oh wait, they're wearing full armor and they have axes and swords, real axes and swords, and they are beating the shit out of each other. And the whole point is to knock the other person down, and often they're just knocking them out. That's how they are get serious. Yes, it's insane. Like How? They just, I have video of it. I should have brought it in so you guys could see it. They're like running at each other full blast and just whacking each other with these swords and axes. It's the greatest thing ever How does one get seen. involved in this? <laughs> She's curious. I can send you links. It's easy to sign up, apparently. You, like, anyone can just sign up? Like anyone well, can just go to the Arnold and be like, I too have medieval armor. No, I I think have do you have to team. come with your own armor? Or they come they with their own it? teams. And they have, yeah. yeah they have red we look, armor we look, on site. We looked this up. There are companies that that's what they sell. They like sell the armor to these people. And it was just funny watching them just walk around the Ar the Arnold wearing this armor all weekend. You know, they're totally ridiculous. How much do you think like a full ass medieval armor suit costs? That's probably like two thousand dollars. I was gonna say three, but yeah, so it's probably a couple thousand. Like, I feel like I, feel like I have to Google it now. Um, <laughs> I would like to participate. <laughs> it was pretty insane. 
It was no one, no one is out there, Lauren, asking me to do the ruck division of the medieval armor fighting. Okay, we had to do high rock. <laughs> you don't, you don't need an extra ruck with the medieval armor. That <laughs> stuff is going to be heavy. That's true. Also, I bet I better not eat my own words if anyone reaches out and asks me to do that. I'm not doing it. Absolutely not. No. Hard no. Jousting maybe. Medieval sword fighting mm. definitely not. It would be a great video. That's true. We do have some great photos from High Rock. We do. You know, some really good ones. When, when High Rock's reached out and said, would you guys come do this? It's like it's CrossFit adjacent. It sounds fun. But if this armor people reach out and go, hey, we'd like for you to come do this hard pass. No. I am no. not getting hit with an axe. Like I no. saw that go down and uh, it did not look fun. Were there Who any? Who reached out to you? Was it Mo? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, we had Mo on the show. You can't even make this up. Here's so this is so on brand for me and we're the worst. We're the worst. They reach out. Um, actually, Mo didn't originally reach out. It was uh, Fitter PR. Yeah, Keith. Yeah. Fit is PR. And they're like, "Hey, we want Mo to come on?" We're like, "Great." Didn't ask any questions. He's just the founder of High Rock. So I'm like, "Great." We didn't Google him. We didn't get a press packet. Nothing. Bring him on, do the whole show, talk about everything. When it's over, I go to edit the show, and I'm like, I'm putting together kind of all the notes to go into the show notes. And I Google him, and he's got two gold medals, and the, you know, I think yeah, he's an Olympian. Yeah, he's been yeah. to the Olympics a few times. We were like, we Googled him because we didn't know how to spell his last name properly. Yeah. It's like and it quite literally says. He's the greatest field hockey champion in German history. So I messaged Nikki and I'm like, this is so us. This guy's a gold medal winner. We didn't ask him a single question about the Olympics. Didn't ask him about any. And he even said on the show he'd been to the Olympics. And we're just like, oh, like a spectator? You know? I thought he was like, I bet you it didn't bother him at all. Or whatever. No, we were just like, oh, cool. So Mo's the founder of High Rocks. Tell us about your athletic background. And he was like, yeah, I've always played sport. And then that was like it. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah. So I don't work for Hyrax at all, but, and I, so I'll say like, they are genuinely amazing. They did, um, they did a race uh, a couple of years ago during the COVID time and flew a couple of us out there. And one of the other founders, Christian, he's just like so proud of what he's created and like this big event. And he's so proud of his city. He like, took us out and showed us the whole, like the whole town of Hamburg. He like gave us a big tour. Then he took us back to his house and his wife cooked us like dinner. Um, it, they're just very genuine. I always thought that the Germans were scary, but they're, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's very genuine, nice, like hospitable. Yeah. Um, just good good people yeah not what i've usually seen like in corporations before yeah so. yeah they were awesome they were excellent hosts to us when we were in chicago and just like you said like sweet open like just stoked on what has come of the community and everything i think it's crowd. a lot bigger than they had like ever expected it mm -hmm. to be and it's and it's nowhere near as big as crossfit but for them i don't think they expected it to be where it is yeah and like very open to feedback which i thought was sweet like they were like like, yes, they, they paid us to like come out and do the event, but they were like, no, really like say whatever you're going to say, like give us an honest review because we're growing and we need to get better as we do it. And we were like, okay. And they're, they're willing to change. They've yeah. changed a lot since I've started the sport and based off of feedback that they've gotten. 
So you know, it's it's I kind of like it's CrossFit, but I thought it was a better spectator sport for whatever that's worth. Like you know, CrossFit events notoriously don't run on time, and you know because it's, they're constantly varied. It's, sometimes they're hard to watch a little bit. Where this one, because it was running in heats, and even when we have watched the elites, and it was really specific, it was really fun to sit there and watch people do something like, man, that's really, really difficult. And the place was packed. Like yeah, we go to and- CrossFit events and they're usually not packed, you know? And so that part was exciting to me, like how much people really enjoyed it. I don't know if, if you guys will be out there in Manchester, but if like that is going to be like packed, packed, their world championship event will be insane. So um, one, it's the world championship, but also I'm not entirely sure why, but their UK market is just huge. Yeah. It's, I, and I, I have absolutely no idea why. So for it to be there, I don't think you're going to be able to walk in the venue. So cool. I think it's it started in Europe. And so it's like just gaining speed there faster. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're even surpassing Germany, which is like where they started. Yeah. So yeah. crazy. Okay. It's doing well. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm keeping all my fingers and toes crossed for you that you have an excellent race. Um, do you have like a specific time or goal in mind for this one? All the venues are fairly different, so I can't really pick a time. Um, I do, I want to be better about my pacing with it. So that is a goal. Like I want to, I still want to go out hard, but I want to find a pace where I'm not feeling like I have to crawl to the end. So that is, that is a, a big number one goal. Cool. Well, I'll give you personal testimony. Don't walk in between events and just talk to the judge because <laughs> that did not work for me. No, no walking in the rock zone. Yeah. No. No, no walking. No just standing around talking to judges, asking where they're from. You know, don't get lost on the course like I did. There's that's actually a really good tip because it's possible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. John did an extra lap or half lap. Yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I look back on it with such fondness. <laughs> in fairness John if I were solo I would have totally messed everything up I had no idea where we were going the entire time and Lauren just told me we're going this way and then we're going that way and then we're gonna walk around here and I would have I kept looking on the screen but our names weren't popping up so mm-hmm. normally they do have a screen that tells you like how many laps you have left and which station you're going to but um maybe because we signed up last minute our names maybe. weren't on it I wondered about that because our names were never on the thing. And then at the very end, when we ended up winning, I was like, I didn't even think our time, like when we crossed the finish line, I was like, I don't even know if they're going to have a time for us because maybe we didn't register properly. And I'm very curious as to what our final time was, but also like, meh, not that big of a deal. That's our time chip was working. We won. I was like, are you sure? I didn't even know our <laughs> timers were on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just not on the screen. That's fine. Well, I'm I'm just telling everybody now, I didn't have a bad time. I was just setting myself up for a future PR. That's, That's all I was doing. That's right. That's right. That's that right. Low bar. Low, the bar is very low. <laughs> very low at this point. So, oh, well, Lauren, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Lauren. absolutely. I know it's a big commitment to pull away from your family. And and uh, anytime somebody does that, we, we're so grateful and same for you, Nikki. I mean, you know, poor Matt, man. Like, I I feel like I need to send Matt flowers, like, every week. I get Nikki on the show. and He's fine. I put the baby down. Don't worry about it. You know what he's actually doing? He's in the other room practicing Mario Kart so he can get his revenge someday. Yeah. No, he's been really into the new Harry Potter game. It's so uh, good. Whatever it's called. 
I need a message. I didn't know there was one. It's yes. so good. Yes, I hear it's good. I've had zero time to play. Otherwise, I'd be already better than Matt at it. But I hear it's uh, good. Are you, are you a nerd like some- us? Um, I'm the biggest Harry Potter nerd. Oh, all right. <laughs> what? How we do we were close to signing off, but now I got to go in on this. So, um, so it's the new Hogwarts game. I have it on PS five and it is so immersive. It's open world. So like Grand Theft Auto or the mm-hmm. Batman Arkham or some of those Spider-Man, some of those games, but it is quite literally the entire world of not only Hogwarts itself, but Hogsmeade and the surrounding areas, and they have not missed a detail. Yeah. Is not, it only PS5? No, Matt no. has it for the computer. Okay. Yeah, you can get it on a computer, PS5, um, Xbox, all of those. Um, the graphics are unreal. And, you know, it's all characters prior to Harry Potter, but it's all the same landscape. And every little detail from the movies is there. Like there's a scene I'm gonna, to. I'm gonna give a spoiler. So if you guys want to play this game, tune out now. So here's a spoiler. So right at the beginning of the game, uh, uh, two of the characters are in a carriage together, and it's being drawn by thresholds, but you can't see them; they're invisible, right? Uh, a dragon comes in and kills somebody, and all of a sudden you can see them. And it's just such a cool detail to me that you know you can't see these oh. unless you've seen death, right? You know, and you have to like have that, and, and you have to see it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your main character can That's see it. That's so creative. Yeah. yeah and it's wow. and so much little stuff like that, just little details like that, all just littered across this thing. And, uh, and you get all the spells, and it, it's super easy, like to navigate and play. And the storyline is incredibly long and beautiful, and it's so much fun. Yeah. So good. He's been loving it. Just on that, like, one little detail, I couldn't believe, like, how much forethought she had to, like, show us in the first book that you couldn't see how these carriages were being drawn. And then all of a sudden, years and years later, she comes out with a book and explains, I was like, was that the plan the whole time? Mm -hmm. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. I just, mind blown. I know. I love it. I love it all. All of my pets, our dogs, all of our chickens are named after Harry Potter characters. We're big nerds. My uh so i have i have willow who's the whomping willow I love it. and and i have fox who's my phoenix from harry oh, potter i love that are those your dogs yeah those are my dogs oh my god <laughs> so, we, i have ollie and griff Ollivander and gryffindor the bernie's oh mountain dogs i love it i love it i named my cat after a rapper i feel left out yeah, <laughs> you mean harry potter names i know oh actually well, it's funny you say that i had two cats and I named them uh, Hermione and Ron. No. And, and then and then Hermione died immediately. Oh God. And and so then we went and got a second cat who was Ron's actual brother. So we named him Charlie because Ron's brother was Charlie. Oh, no. oh, I like that. That's good. And the girl good. I was dating dumped me and took the cats. And so that's oh, the story. Oh God, this there is a terrible story. Terrible, okay. story, but well, I did. ending on a. A funnier one. I have a friend who got a ferret and she named it Malfoy. Yes. Love it. I love oh it. my God. I love that. <laughs> That's so I good. think that one's my favorite. Amazing. Well, if you get a chance to play it, play it because it's super fun. And as a, if you're a Harry Potter nerd, you'll literally just sit there and geek out on the details. Yeah. And when you go to, if you're going to do the New York race, um, you'll have to stay and watch the Cursed Child while you're there. Okay. All right. Do you, do you guys already have tickets for it? No, 
Okay. I was like, that. do I need to get them now? No. No, no, no. Okay. No, they'll be available. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. All right. Well, we'll actually sign off now. So, okay, Lauren, thank you. Thank you for thank being you. on with us, Nikki. Great seeing you again, as always. Uh, for everyone listening, I appreciate you guys joining us, and we will chat with you guys soon.